Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyla Tsinas. Kyla Tsinas. I'm Kyla Tsinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. One thing that I've realized is there are retailers who are still building the capability. So they, are, they still don't have the capability to share the data. So that's one set of retailers. Another set of retailers believe that this is the holy grail and they need to own the data. So if they start sharing it out widely with partners and others, they may end up losing. But I think the world has shown that, you know, be it a Google or a Facebook or any other marketplace or platform, by sharing more data, they end up growing. Companies are realizing it. It's just a journey. It's just a state of maturity. So there are retailers, like you mentioned, who are ahead in that curve, but uh, it's only a matter of time, in my opinion. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, are you coming to London with me in early March? Knock on, I have no wood here, but that is currently the plan. Like, it's so hard to commit to anything because I'm like, if I don't have COVID, I know. Yeah, I know. that's the plan. See you there if we don't have COVID. Well, Sarah and I are taking Brave Commerce to London. We'll be there in early March. So if you're there, send us a LinkedIn message. But Sarah, you're overseas all the time because Profitero is fairly established internationally. Yes, we cover retailers across, I think, 50 countries. It's, it's pretty nuts. But you guys have really been making some mega strides in international. So welcome to the other side of the pond. I'm super excited. But I got to tell you, in building out our retail network internationally, it's just such a different ecosystem. Country to country. 
Oh yeah. Sometimes region to region, like Brazil's like a real uh, tough nut to crack just because the different state laws within the states of Brazil, I have learned a ridiculous amount about, and then you start like layering things like alcohol and pharma and all that other fun stuff. Marketplaces and it just, it's endless. Yeah. It's also good because the places where you think you're going to see innovation are not necessarily the ones that actually are the harbors of innovation as it relates to commerce. Like, mm-hmm. you know, normally we look to, you know, what, what do we look to? We look to China, we look to Korea, we look to Japan as like that harbinger of shopping behavior. But you and I were just talking earlier about where the origins of click and click really took off was France. Who would have thought? Everyone's complaining about the workday, but there they were innovating. I mean, not in August, but other than that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, or even Africa, right? Like, it's amazing how resourceful you have to become. Takes, you know, so many countries in Africa where you don't actually have postmail addresses. So how are you going to solve delivery in that type of environment? And that's where some of the most innovative projects are coming out of right now. Yeah, it's been really fascinating to try to figure out where the trends are coming from and how that translates into not just different markets, but like, what do we think is going to really be that trend that you see in Mexico? Like when we talk to Eduardo at Uber Eats to what's going to actually transition to maybe something we pick up in the States and vice versa. And I think navigating that is, I mean, it's part of our jobs, yours and mine, but think about what it's like to be client side. Mm -hmm. No, it's a jigsaw puzzle. We're proud to bring Tony, who leads international e-commerce for craft, onto the show. And we talk a lot about how do you partner more strategically with retailers? Because at the end of the day, we all want to leverage first-party data to increase conversion. And I've been reflecting on the conversation because you know so much of the work that Micmac does is off retail.com media. And one of the things that we have to navigate as we expand internationally is that media budgets are just a lot smaller outside of the U.S. And so if you think about the U.S. environment of pay to play to essentially drive e-commerce sales, it's harder to execute that same strategy internationally. And you really need to work more strategically to find that mutual win-win with your retail partners because you can't just fork over all these advertising dollars. You just simply don't have them. Nope, that's what happens when you're dealing with uh, countries with different size GDPs and very different approaches to consumerism. So let's talk to Tony. Tony and I met, I guess it was like close to a year ago. And we even got a chance to meet during that tiny little blip of openness back in October when I was able to get to the UK and we got talking and I was just blown away by the combination of knowledge and insight on the interrelationship between brand and retailers. But what really surprised me the most was learning that you moved from San Francisco working at Walmart to London at Kraft International in the middle of a pandemic. So why the change going from retailer to brand and why the move more than like 5,000 miles? And then like, I want to get into the entrepreneurial startup mentality that took you from there to Walmart. So there's a lot to unpack here because there's a lot. Tony's got a little something for everyone here. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to join you on this podcast. It was great catching up with you earlier, Sarah, in UK. Even my head spins when I think of the move from San Francisco to the UK in the middle of the pandemic. 
And it's been about, what, nine, 10 months since we moved to the UK. And we've been, we've been fortunate enough to have great colleagues, friends, and family who've made this transition pretty smooth. Uh, but my wife and I, we're fairly comfortable with these kind of moves. We've lived in a bit of a nomadic lifestyle for a few years now. We've lived in eight cities spanning about three continents in the, over the last 12 years. So it's not new for us. You know, throughout my career, I've always been working on the retailer end, be it on the startup side or be it at Walmart, right? So I've always engaged with brands on the other side of the table. Walmart really taught me what it means to really operate at scale. But here came an opportunity from Kraft Heinz to move to the other side and to create impact at scale and more importantly, to also learn in the process. In this role, I, I get to learn the nuances of the e-commerce market across the globe, be it Brazil, France, China, Indonesia. So the opportunity to really learn about these and create impact is something I couldn't miss. So I jumped at the opportunity and we just packed our bags and here we are now. Wild. Tell us about what happened pre your, your move at Walmart, just so that the audience can get like a, a full view of you. Yeah, sure. So I've been a startup guy for most of my career. I, my journey into e-commerce began with my own startup in the e-commerce space. So I learned all about e-commerce the hard way. Uh, and I try and do my best in terms of bringing that startup mentality to the teams and organizations that I work with. So uh, Walmart uh, was one of those big, massive opportunities for me where I could try and apply some of that startup mentality there. I think Walmart e-commerce led at that point in time by Mark Lore provided that kind of environment as well uh, and was fortunate enough to work in that team. My journey began with my own startup, like I mentioned, and then I went on to be a part of other startups in the e-commerce space. And then it took me to Walmart and then it's taken me now to Kraft Heinz. That's been my journey over the last 12, 13 years in the e-commerce space. You know, it's interesting. I've had a lot of founder friends who also had e-commerce startups eventually get jobs at Walmart. And I can't say that about any other retailer. So I think it's, it's pretty amazing the culture that they've created to attract founders. Yeah. Before I built Micmac, I was retail brand side and I was at Gap. And uh, we've also had guests on the show like Whitney Cooper, a Walmart executive who prior was at Kellogg's. And, you know, it, it allows you to build a lot of empathy when you've been on the other side of the table. And so now that you're at Kraft, how has that assisted you in your job, knowing that you, you know, know the inner workings of a, a, a player like Walmart? Sure. Great question. I'll, I'll probably try and answer that picking up one specific area, which is of recent focus for me, which is about data. When I joined Walmart, I realized that it has a culture of sharing information with vendors. It has this culture of being open with vendors because they realize that by sharing consumer insights, by sharing online data with vendors, the vendors grow, but in turn, Walmart grows as well. And uh, when I start engaging with other retailers in other parts of the world, now I realize and I'm amazed by the lack of online data and insights shared by retailers in other markets or just the lack of access to data itself. And we all know the power of data and what it can unleash for organizations, right? My role, and based on my experience at Walmart, my role here is, one, to bring in that data focus, uh, show the possibilities of what we can do with retailers if we get access to that data, and also to secure that kind of data and insights from either retailers or third-party sources. 
The other side is also uh, with my Walmart experience, my role is to influence retailers in other markets to convince them that sharing data is actually going to be beneficial for them. So because end of the day, investment is going to follow platforms which are open and not opaque. Mm -hmm. So brands will reach. Brands will gravitate towards platforms which share more insights. And that's a fact. Um, And for me, for instance, I I grew up in an environment, uh, in a startup environment where data was monitored every few minutes, you know, and action was taken every few minutes. If you noticed a competitor ran out of a specific skew, they were out of stock, you took action immediately by running a campaign, changing price, whatever it takes to make sure you gain consumers uh, that they are losing. Can you bring that level of nimbleness on a brand side? That's a question I'm striving for. And that's where I think I can add value and bring in some of my experience from uh, retailer side to this side. To just build on something you um, just said, you know, we've had folks on the show who talk a lot about their relationship with Carrefour and how progressive they are, how open they are with their data. Is it a cultural thing? Like, why are some retailers keeping data close to the vest and other people like Carrefour are like, here, allow this to power your TV campaigns? Yeah, great question, which I tend to ask retailers as well to try and understand what stops them from sharing data. What I realize is... Money is the answer. (laughs) In case anybody here was wondering if they can charge you for it, they will. Sorry, we're interviewing Tony here, but I'm just saying. (laughs) No, that's true, Sarah. Uh, It is. One thing that I've realized is, one, there are retailers who are still building the capability. So they, they still don't have the capability to share the data. So that's one set of retailers. Another set of retailers believe that this is the holy grail and they need to own the data. So if they start sharing it out widely with partners and others, they may end up losing. But I think the world has shown that, you know, be it a Google or a Facebook or any other marketplace or platform, by sharing more data, they end up growing. Companies are realizing it. It's just a journey. It's just a state of maturity. So there are retailers, like you mentioned, who are ahead in that curve, but uh, it's only a matter of time, in my opinion. So, Tony, you you have a global seat with a key focus on things that are not North America. At Micmac, we spend a lot of time working with craft in North America, but we'd love to hear, like, what are trends that you're seeing right now outside of North America? Where are they different? How are you leveraging those insights to maybe you know, accelerate things in the U.S. with your U.S. counterparts? Yeah, sure. When I look at my role, I'm, I'm looking at both B2C, D2C uh, as well. And then, of course, you have B2B e-com as well. So there are trends that are happening across all these channels. So like quick commerce, for instance, is an interesting trend that we all know of. It's, um, it's a fascinating topic. Uh, when I speak with uh, other folks in the industry, I hear this point of view that, you know, it's uh, not sustainable, it may not last as long, it's uh, unit economics doesn't work. I have a different point of view there. If I look at it, I see, is there a consumer traction in these kind of new business models which are evolving? And the answer is yes. There is value being unlocked for a select segment of people. People are willing to pay a premium for the convenience of quicker delivery. That's the trend which is catching on in, in several markets. In se- multiple developing markets, what we've seen is the size of these quick commerce players is actually larger than the e-commerce business of traditional retailers themselves. And, and, and that's really fascinating. So the approach uh, that we are trying to take is 
experiment, partner, uh, potentially build strategic partnerships with a few and just learn and ride the wave. So that's a key trend that I think um, that we are trying to latch on to. I think the other piece is from a, we have like food service as well as a vertical. So we have uh, cloud kitchens, which are evolving. So they, these are you know new ways through which our products are reaching to the end consumers. So we can't ignore these kind of innovative new channels which are coming up. So that's another one that we are actively working on, partnering with others, trying to learn from. So that's another area. But then, you know, you go from one market to another, you see new uh, models emerging. So you, we all know France, for instance, is heavy on drive, right? So click and collect is just massive, which I don't think any other market comes close to that. So uh, that's a trend we know will catch on in other markets as well. So those are pieces we are watching. I think marketplaces, for instance, especially in LATAM and Southeast Asia, the overall marketplace landscape has grown to become a dominant channel in e-commerce, which is not yet the case in, let's say, Europe. But I think that also is something that will change because there are more and more retailers who are changing their e-commerce site to becoming a marketplace. They are allowing other brands to come on board and other retailers to come on board. So that's an interesting trend to watch out. And then there's another key trend on the B2B e-commerce, which is also emerging. So you have players like Compragora, Bees, all of these players on, in LATAM who've become massive players in the B2B e-com space, which we cannot ignore either. So there are a lot of trends to unpack, but our approach is don't ignore any of these trends continue working with players across these because you never know which one is going to become mainstream and take over remaining channels. I think it's amazing if the way that Kraft is investing in all these spaces. I actually didn't know about the cloud kitchens, which I find very fascinating because Mark Lore, his new company in the US is around cloud kitchens. Yeah, it is. Tony, we could talk to you all day, but uh, we have to ask you our famous last question, which is what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? Wow. I, I'm going to give you two answers. Uh, one is uh, from a professional standpoint, I think nothing was more scary than starting up on my own. Starting an e-com site on my own several years back was probably one of the most scariest and bravest thing that I've ever done. On the personal front, I'm acrophobic. I, I have a severe fear of heights. And I challenged myself and went ahead and did a bungee jumping many years back. So... That's the bravest thing I've done on a personal front. So do you still have that beer of heights? Yeah, I do. So how do you work at the Shard? <laughs> well, uh, only if I peep out of the <laughs> building, but no. You're like the only one saying, I don't want to win to office. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's fun to be in the Shard though. Tony, you're a wealth of knowledge. I feel like this is an episode that even VC should listen to, to understand you know, where the energy is moving in the space. And we're so appreciative of your time. Thank you so much, Rachel and Sarah. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. 
They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyler Tsinas. Kyler Tsinas. I'm Kyler Tsinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of True, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.